Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the Cardinals' offense, isn't very powerful. My name is Nate <laughs> Heininger, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, guys. And this week, we are talking about the Cardinals' bullpen, some good news from the rotation, and uh, what's going on with the Cardinals' outfield. And we'll also be talking about some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Well, Ben, we're another week into the season, and it's pretty amazing how quickly things can change. It feels like it's been a decade since you and I last spoke. Yeah, and I uh, I enjoy that feeling, actually, at least the <laughs> in-between-you-and-I aspect of I've it. I've never slept better. <laughs> I feel younger, um, lighter. All that good stuff. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit. And I think, you know, to like cut to the chase, when you face bad pitching, Cardinal go good. When you face good (laughs) pitching, Cardinal go bad. Um, And that's the simplest way I can put it. But yeah, it was (laughs) go good, go bad. I think you're right. That was the simplest. uh, Why use many word when few word do trick? Yeah, I think the Cardinals, I, well, it's weird um, because, you know, there's obviously been a lot of talk or, well, I'll take a, st- take a step back. Power. The Cardinals have none of it. All of a sudden, they came out of the gates hitting bombs all over the place, which is weird because, it, it you know, all the, you know, usually we see kind of a, and everyone always flips out about this in the first month, month and a half before, especially the, the states like above the Mason-Dixon line um, before they start getting warmer. Offense looks suppressed. This happens all the time. And then it heats up. And in July, balls are flying everywhere. Um, But what I think is weird about the Cardinals specific situation is that the balls were flying everywhere and now they can't buy a home run. Um, I think we're sitting here recording Wednesday while the Cardinals are playing. And it's been six games since a home run, seven games, somewhere around there. Yeah. and last night, you know, we were, we were talking about this last night on, on Twitter, and I think a lot of people were, but the Cardinals had back-to-back hits uh, that were both 99 miles per hour with a plus, a little over a 20 launch angle, and they were both, one of them didn't even make it to the warning track. One of them did, um, but they were both fly ball outs. And I, I looked at it, I was like, what the hell? What are the odds of this even happening? And I think both of those balls had an expected batting average of over 600. Um, pretty good. So I, that that's a lot of word salad to say. I don't really know what the hell's going on. Um, there, Ben Clemens on Fangraphs today put out an interesting article article about the balls that are being used in the MLB. Um, and that I, I mean, if Manfred should be dr- drug over the coals for anything, it should be this ball Yahtzee bullshit that he's been playing for the past. <laughs> what is this four years? I don't. Yeah. What are yeah, they? What other sport? What other sports switches the balls mid-year, year to year, like this? It is. I, <laughs> they're even doing it mid-season. You know, yeah. If you well, believe the players, which I, I do, they're the ones who will know better than anyone else. They're getting different ball types 
mid-game sometimes. Chris Bassett, yeah, he said yesterday in his post-game interview uh, for Mets TV or SNY or whatever the hell it's called, he said that, yeah, you might get great uh, great set of balls in inning one, something different two, something different three, back to the good balls in four. And of course, you're going to see people getting hit in the head and and, and you're going to see, it's just inconsistent. And when you can't tell when a ball is crushed 99 miles or above, that is a very hard hit ball. That's extra, that's extra credit on the hard hit ball scale. I, it's it's kind of frustrating, and I don't I don't think that this has plagued the Cardinals any more than any other team. But just yeah. being a fan, like what the hell is happening here? Well, offense is down across the league pretty significantly. Uh, they are on pace right now to either set the record or be close to the record for the worst league wide batting average in baseball history, or or since like the dead ball era, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it has been difficult to watch because we're Cardinal fans and they had that hot start. A lot of that was Arenado, but, you know, not just Arenado. We're crushing the ball. And yeah, this last week has been difficult. I do think you're right. Also, uh, this has been some of the best pitching we've seen. They they did pretty well against the, the Brewers pitching, um, but still this has been a back-to-back-to-back-to-back series right. of, of good pitchers. But yeah, it's difficult. I, I saw a report that the um, league was intentionally hoping that the the ball change would reduce distances by two feet. And I guess I don't understand what the intent is there. You know, they they're obviously worried about length of game. So I'm you know, I guess they think here's what the fans want more fly ball outs. I, I don't understand that. I would think you would want faster games, but more home runs. That's like home runs are like the baseball thing, you know, like that is the thing people want to see. It's the most exciting part about baseball is someone hitting home run and and the, and what it can do for the game and how out of nowhere it you know always feels. Um, so I would think you'd want to increase home runs, but I don't know it. It again, it it's to, to your point. Manfred sucks. What is this? Why are we doing this? I I don't get it. Yeah, I, that's that's my problem with it. Is that I, I can't t- sit here and tell you what the goal is or what 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 is the end state that Manfred and MLB want? Because um, that is extremely unclear. We had a uh, a pitcher or sorry a hitter. Um, I think people tied it to Bryce Harper, but I don't think that's confirmed. Say that it feels like hitting up balled up socks. Like yeah, what, what I, I guess I get yeah, like d- does. I just don't understand. Well, I already said it. I don't understand what the end goal is. Um, And 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 I guess is they're doing some sort of like a B test sort of thing here where they like, they know what games have what balls and they're just trying to like test them out and, and find what works best. Like mid season. It's, but that seems the worst way to do it. A ball is a ball. Like they, they can test it. You know, they can, uh, uh, something that Ben Clemens was talking about in that article was the drag coefficient that can be tested in a vacuum that can be tested anywhere, but they seem to, again, not know what their North star is and know what they're aiming for, what baseball should look like according to their whatever. Um, so yeah, just the fact that you have players openly complaining and saying that MLB doesn't care. It just, it irks me in a very specific way. I, I like, like I said, it's good that you know, obviously everybody's in the same boat. But man, it's just 
Like I said, no yeah. other no other fan no other sport deals with this. Not like they're trying. We're going to uh, try our harder pucks tonight for hockey, <laughs> or, or we're going to do super balls instead of pucks. Like it it seems like the baseball should just be the way the baseball is. That'd be tight though, a game of hockey. But I mean, super I would balls watch that. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Ben. I seem to remember a certain football being changed around a little bit. Um, is that is that a shot at Tom Brady? Brady? Yeah, Deflate Gate. Watching you. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah, still great. pissed about it. Now, yeah, now tie that into baseball somehow. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Go yeah. Patriots. What? <laughs> yeah, dog. Ever since he's, the... Uh, he's a buck. I know. Right. But um, ever since the Rams left the uh, left St. Louis and were such dickbags about it, I have... You know, I, I am not a... NFL fan anymore. And in fact, I want the NFL to collapse. So I think the only way that happens is if the Patriots win the Super Bowl like 30 times in a row and everyone just gives up. Uh, so I've embraced the evil empire. Sure. And uh, now I want, now I'm a Patriots fan. Team chaos. I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> uh, but football's dumb. Baseball. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about the, uh, I guess we'll talk more directly about the Cardinals. Um, interesting week outside of the lack of offense. Still, we got a lot of different outcomes, a lot a lot to dig through here. So first, I think we want to talk a little bit about Jordan Hicks. Uh, what a disappointing, but then also at times exciting start that was last night. What, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I, uh, I I was texting you yesterday or something like that. I'm like, you know, all I really care about this week is seeing the, the Jordan Hicks real start and seeing what he looks like out of the, uh, you know, out of the rotation and, and letting that go and seeing when they pull him. And we were really excited about that. And then, of course, he takes I, I, it was a 99 mile per hour line drive off of his forearm. Um, and that that's a Jeffy in the background, if anybody can hear that. Shout out Jeffy the cat. Jeff Bagwell. Um, being a bad boy. Um, but yeah, he, then he takes that off. You know, he finishes the inning. He did not look great. He came out, basically couldn't throw any of his pitches. He even sat out, you know, in the post-game interview, talking about how he couldn't finish. Uh, he used a word that I, I don't remember, and it was confusing. But uh, yeah, he said he wasn't fin- finishing the pronation on the pitches. Is that a word that I just don't know? Um, but that's what his complaint was. Uh, it's obviously, x-rays are negative, so that's good. But uh yeah, I mean, he looked really good up until he got hit. I, you know, I think the yeah. experiment um, is starting to bear fruit. I think we can kind of see where this is going to go, and it looks pretty dang good. Um, the problem is, when the hell are we going to stretch this guy out? We're almost a month into the season, and he's maxed out at two innings, two and a half innings, <laughs> or something like that. So yeah, at some point, we're going to need to see distance and see what happens. Rain out, and then you know, purposeful short start, then hit by a pitch or hit by a comebacker, I mean, what can you do about that, right? But I, I do think he looked great. Uh, I mean, the, had, the free and easy 99 with that sinking movement, the fact that yeah. he still has that movement and a little less little less uh, uh, heat coming out of the or the out of the starting rotation is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I think there was a point where Brad Thompson was saying, if I was him, I'd just be throwing that sinker right down the middle until they hit it. And uh, right. you can't say that about definitely any other Cardinal starters or many starters in the league. And that's, you know, I'll, I'll bet money on that. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't see any reason not to continue to be very excited about Hicks in the starting rotation. Uh, he looked great. So hopefully next week he has a nice full start and we see, let's say, five innings, five full innings from Jordan Hicks. Yeah, I think that has to. I, my guess is that the plan is that he'll sit around like the 70 ish pitch mark for his next start. And hopefully that's five, six innings. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of nasty pitches, we, uh, we had some nasty. other really good, nasty. Uh, we had some other, wait, what, what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Why'd we both do that? <laughs> Cause it's good. Nasty. nasty. Um, somebody stop me. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we had some good, we had some other good, uh, performances from the pitching staff, uh, this week it's funny. I mean, the, the we we are having a direct opposite week of what the first couple weeks were, which is the offense has been trash and the pitching has been great. Uh, so I guess that's good that we're seeing some some really good pitching because we know the or we think the offense should be able to come back and come together uh, either in the warmer months or maybe they get the balls figured out. But uh, how about Miles Michaelis's start? Going toe to toe with Max Scherzer. He was. Yeah. And I think like to just expand on your point, it's we're we're there's just more variance in the pitching staff than I think that we feel with the position players, right? Like yeah. So it is really, really good to see that, especially early. But yeah, Miles is that dude. Um I I think that we kind of talked about this on our episode on opening day, but I think we both expect a healthy Miles Mikolaus to do really, really good things. And what that means, I mean, when he's scooting and when he's playing good, uh, we're playing well. He is spotting all four pitches all over the strike zone, getting a crap load of ground balls. And what I think is the biggest change this year between the last, what, two and a half years is that when he wants to reach back and get that strikeout, he can throw 96 high up in the zone and then yeah. throw a, a massive, like, Wayno, not Wayno esque, but pretty damn close. Uh, and get knees buckling and get swinging and misses. So the fact that he can go for the strikeout when he needs to, ground balls all day. I mean, he's been great. I expect, uh, you know, I I think I, I we we hit this hard. Like I expect him to be the best or expect. That's a maybe the wrong word. <laughs> My <laughs> prediction is that he will be the most valuable pitcher on the Cardinals this year. That was your one of your bold predictions to it was. uh you know in our preseason episode. And so far it's working out. He's looked great. Yeah, that that heat also seemed new to me as well, or at least more consistent this year yeah. than it had been in the past. Uh, we're also seeing some good performances out of the bullpen. Uh Palante. Where'd this guy come from? Looking Holy cow. fantastic. He looks like he could be a starter. Like I yeah. I think he was. Um, at one point until he moved to the bullpen, but every outing he's had has been multiple innings. He strikes out everybody. Um, and he has looked, you know, it's only, I think it's only nine innings or something like that, but this is its first big league appearance and he does not look overmatched over overwhelmed or over anything. He looks like he is there, uh, belongs there. And that breaking ball, we were saying this in spring training, that breaking ball will play in any league at any time ever. That, that thing's insane. At this point, there's no doubt in my mind he's making the cut uh, that's coming yes. up here at the end of the month. Yeah, and I think the the fact that they're using him like like Andrew Miller in his prime type thing, you know, where yeah. he's coming in, it's lefties, righties, multiple innings each time. Like 
Every team needs that. Not every team can find that. That's massively valuable. Well, and with Verhagen to the IL and Whitgren not looking that great, um, I think Polante is basically filling that role that all three of those guys were potential to fill and maybe could stretch out to be a starter if this sort of success continues, just like we thought Verhagen or Whitgren might do. Absolutely. Uh, we're also seeing uh, Helsley, who we've all been high on for a long time. Uh, but I mean, he looks unhittable right now. <laughs> he really does. That's He's one of those guys. And, and sometimes it, it kind of like baffles you a little bit because the guy's throwing 100 and that slider is insane. How is he not getting yeah. everybody out? And so far this year, he's getting everybody out. He's got it's an 18.6 K per nine. Um, albeit in, you know, five and a third inning, that's nothing, but he's got 11 strikeouts in five and a third. Uh, Not bad. if he, yeah, if he can stay healthy and keep the ball in the, uh, in the zone, this, this is amazing. Um, you know, especially I, I think we've seen, and, and you know, maybe this was a, uh, a shilty thing and it won't be a Marmol thing, but, uh, Gallegos getting really, really overworked or, or just overexposed or, whatever you want to call it, beaten up through attrition of, of innings. So having a guy like Helsley that you could maybe potentially feel confident closing games at some point, maybe with Genesis Cabrera or Henesis, sorry. Um, I don't know. might be good. Yeah, I mean, I was obviously it's good. <laughs> a lot of uh, teams, even with good relievers, are switching to more of a committee. Uh, giving their guys rest, bringing in your, so to speak, closer in the eighth inning or seventh or whatever, I would be totally fine with uh, the three-headed monster of Helsley, Gallegos, and uh, Cabrera splitting time all throughout the back half of the of the bullpen. And, and Palante, too. Yeah. Between those four, like the Cardinals' bullpen looks really good. And we saw it in the game yesterday. They had to go seven innings because of Hicks and right. his, uh, you know, being hit by the comebacker and gave up one run over seven innings against the Mets, which pretty good offense, not the the best in the league or anything like that. But um, Nimmo looks like he is you know, breaking out like a lot of people thought he would be. Yeah. And then Lindor's in full bounce back. And then you've got Pete Alonzo. They, they've got real threats in the lineup and the bullpen really held them down all all game. So uh, I think the bullpen is looking like one of the the bright spots and has been generally consistent against this entire season. Uh, guy, I guess had a, you know, a little goof him up uh, a little bit of a yeah. oof there um, in, in one inning after uh, an unlikely Arenado error and then his own mental mistake. Yeah. I'm willing to, you know, to call that one just a big oof and move on. But, uh, you know, again, I'd be fine with also Gallegos being mixed around or rested a little bit more. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I do think while in the moment I was, you know, pulling my hair out, Arenado's allowed to make errors and Gallegos, you know, he, he's been so good. It's like hard for me to be too mad at him. Um, although it would be really nice to see him have a bounce back maybe today while the uh, the Cardinals actually the Cardinals yeah. are spreading away from the uh, Mets right now. We might need uh, any bullpen aces to come out, but uh yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're recording while the game is going on and uh, getting a little bit of a breakout right here. Looks like it's eight to four now. So yeah, we'll take that. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, had a couple uh, new birds, new birds on the on the block tweet, here. Tweet, 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 tweet. That what we always it, say to all new people. Is who, that good? Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, uh, it was good, Ben. Yeah, uh, Newt goes down. Yeah. Sorry, Newt. Uh, but up comes apparently everyone's favorite dude, Brendan Donovan, uh, darling of spring training. Uh, we all thought he was making the team out of the camp because of how much everyone loved him. Uh, but we both said it wasn't going to be long. And here he is. Uh, yeah. He already got to start at first base. Um, young guy, great hair, having a great time. Happy to be here. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of this dude over the next couple of weeks as they see if it'll stick at the big leagues. Yeah, I, my guess is that this guy is the uh, Daniel Descalso, Greg Garcia uh, mold of somebody who can kind of play around the infield, play decent defense, and get on base a little bit. Um, yeah. I think probably the reason he got – obviously he had a strong spring, like Nate just said, um, but I think part of the reason he was called up over uh, some other people who maybe I disagree with, <laughs> um, him being called up over them, uh, is that he has uh, eight walks and against eight strikeouts so far and only 16 games in AAA. Uh, but I think that's what the Cardinals are looking for, right? They they want somebody to come in, get on base. And the fact that he can uh, start what uh, – I don't know if he – has he started a shortstop? I can't really remember right now. But he can start all over the infield um, and he can start in the outfield on the corners. So I think that, you know, I think really just the fact that Newt, first off, wasn't having a great start and probably just needs more ABs, so put him down at AAA. Um, But the fact that Newt can't play in the infield is, uh, I think, a big aspect of it, too. Um, Now, I I guess I'll I'll bridge this to if uh, one of the shortstops uh, was playing decent baseball, uh, Newt would probably (laughs) still be here or maybe other things would happen. But I think they might, uh, not hitting the panic button, but they're starting to think about that, I think. Yeah, I think we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. But we're still talking about what's uh, going well and what's exciting so far. So <laughs> um, we have uh, Packy Naughton called up. Yeah, what can, a you name. Do a bo- can you do a Boston accent? I don't Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Southie. Eh, or, uh, hey. wait. Yeah, I can't do one. No, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, give me some think, time. I'll work on it. Yeah. Next next episode, we need to see. Because I, I, I think Packy Naughton from Boston, that's the most Boston. Packy Naughton from Boston. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> eh. At least I'm trying. I thought it was, that was better. You had more. It wasn't just straight up Boston. New York. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was better in that way. But yeah, Packy comes up. Uh, why does pa- oh yeah, Packy comes up because Verhagen goes down with an injury. Um, Verhagen, uh, Ver hardly know him um, is what I say. Because <laughs> uh, this guy, it just seems like he hasn't really had a chance to get going. I don't know why that got me so good, but uh, it did. It wasn't good. No, um, I had an outsized reaction. <laughs> But yeah, Packy Naughton, I mean, there's not really too much to say other than he's a soft tossing lefty. He's got a big slider and a little bit of a fastball. We saw him come in. Uh, he sort of pitched okay for what was that, two thirds of an inning? Um, he, he bridged an inning uh, from one side to the other and uh, looked okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't have a lot of expectations for this guy other than that he was p- pitching very well at AAA. 
Um, and maybe he's a lefty, a lefty guy. Maybe he's a, a bulk inning guy. I don't, I, I don't really know what to expect here, but he's uh, definitely a lefty guy. S <laughs> tier name. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, we, we lost, uh, it was really a transference of power sent down a newt bar, but brought up a packy. So we've still got great names on the team. Yeah. And newt will be back. He will be back. Um, lastly, the Cardinals are leading the league in stolen bases. Uh, mostly driven by uh, Bader got three in one game the other day. I can't remember yeah. the last time we've had that. And then Edmund continues to steal him. People have been pitching him in left and right. Pujols tried his damnedest that one game, <laughs> uh, you know, to join the club. But um, yeah, the, the Cardinals are uh, picking up. I mean, this was a big part of the game last year. Yeah. Edmund stole 30 bases, which, you know, is pretty rare in the game these days. So a uh, continuation of a trend. What, what are your thoughts on that? So yeah, you know all that speed combined with Ali Marmol and and what seems to be a more analytical analytical approach, you expect this to be a team that does you know come close to leading the league. Uh, so yeah, do that more of that, please. Yeah, it's more fun too. And as Not long to mention when we're oh, I'm sorry. It just as long as you're doing it at a, at a a a, re, a good success rate, like go for it, right? Why not? Hundred percent. Uh, so what else? Anything else? Uh, we're still here in the in the good segment. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I think the other only other good thing to talk about is, well, the power is going to come. Um, hopefully you have a good week of weather in uh, St. Louis coming up. And we have a four game series against the Diamondbacks who, while their pitching has been, you know, somewhat decent, uh, it's not a team you're afraid of. So hopefully you come in, you take three or four, four or four. Um, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum. These are the kind of teams that need, you need, uh, need to come in to Bush and you, you hammer them, you hit them with your hammer. Um, and if they literally. won't, I will, cause I'm going to be there on Saturday. Smart. There you go. I'll bring my hammer. Do you know what the pitching matchup for your day is? Uh, I know I'm missing Wayno and Yachty by, uh, one day. So, uh, they're on Friday night. Uh, I actually haven't looked at it. You'd think I would by now. Um, I think you would. But I'm going to guess uh, uh, Michaelis or uh, maybe Hudson. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be second game. We're bringing the kids. We're going to be in the bleachers. So I'm going to catch a home run with my face. That's my <laughs> prediction. <laughs> if you could just try to film that um, for the for the Twitter content, that'd be great. It'll be, it'll, I mean, if it, if it's a, uh, home run, then it'll be filmed. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. Watch, watch that for Saturday. If a, a man gets hit in the face with the ball and he is carted out of the stadium, that's probably Nate. It's probably me. It's like a 95% chance. It's me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so obviously there's some things that are, aren't going as well. We talked a lot about the power outage at the kind of in the open of this episode. And I, I don't want to repeat that too much. Um, you know, I think we've addressed it fully at this point. Um, but I am interested to hear, you know, your thoughts on the outfield right now, where we're seeing a lot of this power outage from. Um, and just, you know, coming out of last year, O'Neill Harrison and, and, uh, O'Neill Bader and Carlson. Uh, I just called Bader by his first name. Now uh, we're good friends. Uh, looked like maybe the best outfield in baseball, and we don't want to jump to conclusions or make too quick a judgments here. But 
uh, it's been a rough start for for the three of those. Yeah, I don't think that we've seen anything to to say yet. Oh God, we're screwed. This this we we bet on the wrong guys to go trade for a Rosarena, get him back or anything like that. Because I do think you know you look at the numbers. I would say that uh, uh, you know Dylan has obviously had a rough go. We talked about that last week, though. He's also had some bad, some really bad luck. Uh, luckily, yeah. he hit a triple in today's game while we're recording. So we'll take that. That'll increase everything a little bit. Um, but when you're you know when you're bad bipping under two hundred. It's very hard to be a successful big leaguer. Um, and, you know, there, there was they were pretty open about it. They uh, Ali gave him 48 hours to to work on it, I think, is what he kept saying or to to lock it in or to reset or whatever, you know, silly vernacular you want to throw at it. But I, I'm, I'm not worried yet. I don't think the Cardinals are worried yet. Tyler O'Neill is still walking, um, which is a very good sign. And I think they're going to start hitting. But if they I mean. They're very, very important for this team to be successful. That is where the uh, the the dynamic offense comes in to to real view, right? You, you have a right. a switch hitter that walks and has a little bit of power with with Carlson. You have uh, one possibly one of the better right-handed power hitters um, and a Gold Glover in left field with Bro Neal, and then Harrison. You know, we keep talking about it. We see glimpses of it. He just isn't staying. You know, he 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 isn't. He hasn't found his zone or whatever you want to call these swinging at bad pitches. And when he's doing that, teams know how to get him out. We all know how to do that. You throw him a slider away and he swings at it. Well, we saw it in the game last night where, uh, um, in the, uh, what was it? The, the ninth inning, uh, you know, first guy walks on four pitches. Bader comes up and swings at a ball, like two inches off the ground. You know, like what is that approach? Right. Just swinging for the fences, basically. And that just shouldn't be his game. Yeah. No, he has a very long swing, particularly when you can tell he thinks he's about to hit a home run. Yeah. How about the? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you know, great hair. But yeah, you know, looking at his numbers, or I'm sorry, the outfield as a whole numbers, uh, just going off OPS plus, O'Neill 73, Bader 71, Carlson 48. Those are bad numbers. Those they're all Not hitting great. below league average. That's going to break. Something will will click, and maybe all three of them will even be going at the same time. Um, and you know, it should also be mentioned that Tommy Edmond is playing so well that it yeah. does wipe a little of that away. Because I don't think that was in the equation. At least talking about Bird's equation going into the season. So that's a huge help. Yeah. Well, we were both in camp. Edmond is not going to be the star uh, starter, you know, for the, for most of this season. And, right. uh, while that, you know, is always still a case, uh, possibility certainly doesn't look like it right now. He's been great. He's, he's out there. He's having fun. Uh, we're also seeing Goldie start to hit the ball still not with as much power, but, um, he's making good contact. So, uh, this, like you said, problem with the outfield is being masked a little bit by, uh, the infield, which is surprising, but um, it's good. They're going to need to start turning it around soon before we start to see some shakeups in the lineup yeah. and shakeups in, in who's starting. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for Goldie, Harrison, Dylan Dickerson, and who else? Yeah. Those are the, probably the big names. All of those guys have yet to hit a home run. Yeah. It's not going to stay that way. Things right. will change. Yes. Um, one thing that might not change is the, uh, the current output from the shortstop position. 
to me, yeah. when we real when we look at the team, we take into all the factors that we've already talked about. I'm really not worried about the outfield. It's something to keep an eye on. I'm really not worried, obviously, about uh, Goldschmidt. No. I'm happy about Edmund. The one spot that I think is a real concern, uh, because we have a history of this, this is not just short sample size, is Paul DeYoung continues to look like he is not a major league shortstop. And Sosa, who had an amazing last half of last year, never projected to be someone like that. And I think we were all happy to get what we want, or we were happy to get what we got from him, but any sort of expectation that he was going to be some degree of all-star or even above replacement level shortstop is probably too high. Um, Of course, people can always break out and you can have happy surprises, happy surprises, but um (laughs) I don't know. I it seems to me like this is the the first spot in the roster in the lineup that we will see a real change in if the current trend continues and it would be a legitimate change. Yeah, and I think, you know, before the Cardinals broke camp, I was definitely banging the drum of let Sosa start, let Sosa start. I, you know, obviously Same. DeYoung had a really good spring training which made that happen and and they're definitely committed to him. Um to what end? I'm not sure. Like, well, how long is how long is that rope? I hope I hope it's not too too long because I'm yeah. getting tired of it very quickly. And yeah, the the problem, you know, if we had not seen what probably a thousand at bats of this kind of production from DeYoung, I'd probably be a lot more willing to give him some time. But once again, he makes a change in spring training, has a good spring training, and it does not happen in the season. Uh, yeah. It is only 40 some odd plate appearances. I don't think you 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 throw the guy away or, or trade him or anything like that, but maybe he has lost his starting position. And, you know, we're pretty confident he could play a really solid short third and maybe even second base. Um, so I think it, it kind of comes down to what what do you think is the right plan forward for the Cardinals? You know, let's say that we are Mosellock and we're we're making the call that DeYoung is done starting for us what's your move? You know, do you, do you move Tommy to short and bring up, do, do we start Gormania? Is, is it time to, I, I've the, the rash is growing. <laughs> ben, I've, I've been applying the cream, but there's nothing Ugh. I can do about this Gormania I've got. All right. The pills aren't working. The cream's not working. You're head I to got toe. Gormania. I'm head to toe Gormania right now. Yeah. That's disgusting. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a cure. More Gorman? calling up Nolan Gorman. <laughs> yeah, and I think I do think that that is the move that I would I, I would probably co-sign the hardest one because I want to see prospects. Um, two, the guy cannot stop hitting home runs in AAA. Uh, he obviously needs more of a challenge, and you know that's yeah. major league. He baseball. is striking out a ton, and that normally doesn't help or get improved when you get to the majors. But let's find out. You know. Um, I don't know. The, the I mean, Cardinals could use a Dan Ugler right now, though. That that's like not all bad, especially from the lefty side. Yeah, and if he's you know hitting in the seventh, eighth, or ninth spot, then sure, it's great. Let's get him up. Let's see what he can do. Start getting him acclimated. Uh, it can still be platoon. You know, let's have Edmund and Sosa and DeYoung all sort of rotate around second and third. Edmund can also give people days off elsewhere. 
um, and get Gorman in there at second. Let him have some at bats at uh, DH. Get him in the mix. Let's find out. Ben, let's fuck yeah. around and find out, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Um, <laughs> and I think, so I think that's option one, a, for the, for the talking about birds, uh, podcast, let's, let's do that first. But I do think that there is, there is gas in the tank and there, it is time, it's time well used and, and a good experiment to see what Abundo Sosa could do as well. I think that he is a tick up on, on the toolsy side. He has a little less power, yeah. but a better defender, a better arm. He's much quicker. Um, and he is surprised he's got some stat casting numbers. You know, he, he's got some interesting exit velo numbers from his time last year. There's, there is a reason that he started that wild card game. Um, yeah. even though that didn't play out how we all wanted it to, <laughs> there is a reason cause he was playing really well. He was, um, yeah. I mean, he had a, a crazy second half last year. And like you said, it wasn't completely fluky. Uh, he, he, there was a lot of underlying numbers that backed that up. It just came out of nowhere compared to his uh, history. And you don't see that as much. Um, so it, won't, it it doesn't surprise me that he hasn't like picked right back up where he left off sure. last year, which was like a six war pace, you know? Right. Would it surprise you to learn, or, or maybe you already know this, um, but, oh wait, my numbers are all conflated. I was going to say some gaudy power numbers, but now that I'm rereading this, it, that is not true. Um, Cause I, I, I got years on fan graphs mixed up, but anyways, what I was trying to get as I think that Sosa might have a little bit more power um, yeah. than maybe it, it appears. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes he's impressive and my God, Paul, D, it's just hard to watch Paul. D. It is hard to watch right now. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I think, and this is the more likely short-term outcome yeah. is that Sosa takes over the starting position like he did last year. And we run with that for a little while, which I would be fine with. You know, we're the I'll let the rash grow. I'm doing the oatmeal baths. I'm doing the abrasive uh, creams. Okay. (laughs) The abrasive creams. Um, I don't know what I was going for there. (laughs) It was we're we are just in rare form today. Killing. But yeah, I, I think. I, I do think what we're talking about the the uh, opening of the Gormanian box or whatever or Gormandora's mm-hmm. box. No, Gormandora's box. All right, let's yes. turn the podcast off. Um, that sucks. <laughs> it's like the worst last name for doing puns. Gorman. Yeah, but I, I are think you saying Gorman's your man? <laughs> that's that's good. That's bad. Yeah. He is going to force his way. The Cardinals are going to have to see it. We have, uh, I believe we've already eclipsed the uh, rookie eligibility. So put the man in. Let's go. Yeah, do it. Uh, what else? I, I guess that's really, to me, the the big early story here of what's not working and, and what might change. Anything else you can think of in that in that bucket? No, I'm excited to get the Mets out of town. Um, yeah. I'm excited to beat up on a on a, a weaker team. Um, and you know, it's it, it, I think it's easy to get frustrated with a team early in the season when we haven't seen the whole team be good at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that is going to happen. Hopefully, you know, sooner than later. And, and that's going to be really fun because I, I while the pitching doesn't have a super high ceiling, I think that they do have a high floor. 
Um, and it's really what, you know, once that offense starts going, once they start heating up, this should be a lot of fun, especially, I mean, how can you not be excited about what Nolan Arenado is doing so far this year? Well, given the choice, if you had told me like, yeah, the, the start of the season, the offense will be phenomenal, but the pitching will be as bad as you thought it was going to be, or the offense won't be as good as you were hoping, but the pitching is better than you thought. Like I'll definitely take the latter because offense it just feels like we have a deeper well to pull from we have prospects that are ready we have options and we have a history of very high ceiling players on the team pitching feels like it's on a thread and so all of these guys doing well out of the start or most of them doing well out of the start i think is is very good and very hopeful for a for a successful season yeah and you know I, i'll just add to that try to try to be more positive and have those cardinals colored glasses on you know i think there's a, a real possibility that we look up in a month and you know Matt and Mikolaus are, are going well and hicks and flaherty are maybe back and and, and being productive and, and pitching four or five innings or, or whatever that looks like there are some reinforcements coming and i'll include hicks in that just because he hasn't had a chance to fully start uh, and, and really run with it yet. But yeah I, yeah, I think there are reasons to be pretty excited going forward. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, cool. Well, that'll wrap up the majority of our current Cardinal talk. We're going to talk about some uh, news and notes from around the league here in a moment and of course play a stupid game. But before we get to that, uh, I want to remind everyone that the show is supported on Patreon. Uh, if you love the show, want to support us, want to help it grow, consider contributing to our Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash talking about birds. Anyone who joins the Patreon is invited to the bird scored. That's our private discord <laughs> server that we are uh, slowly growing. And you know, we're talking about Cardinals, talking about baseball as the season goes. We're talking more and more about the games in the bird scored. We'd love to have you there. Uh, if you, uh, can't support us there, understand, uh, consider giving us a review on your favorite podcast app that does help. It helps us show up higher in search and you know what? It makes us feel good. It truly does. That's like, that's not even a bit. Yeah. I enjoy it. Um, so yeah, give us a review. We really appreciate it. Uh, and tell your friends, uh, Ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, make sure you follow us on all the various social things. Uh, we're on Instagram at Talking About Birds. You can also follow us along on uh, at Twitter, uh, Elon Musk's new Twitter, new, his new toy, um, at Talk About Birds. We're tweeting during the games. We're ranting and raving about uh, all the good and bad and in between that's going on with the Cardinals there. Uh, you can also make sure uh, we are on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify if that is your preferred listening application. Um, and if you have any questions for the podcast, baseball related, personal related, um, you know, what else Nate plans on doing with his family at the baseball game, what they plan on eating. I'm guessing he's going straight for those nachos because he's a probably he's like that. I'm <laughs> it's hard not to do that, but maybe some little buds. <laughs> I'm my little buds uh, with me. We'll get some little buds. So ask all your little bud related questions. Uh, you can hit us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. And if you have a good question, uh, maybe we'll answer it on the show, but it has to be good. Yeah, we reject your bad questions. That's right. All right. Um, so let's go a little broader. Uh, lots of news around the league. What do you want to talk about first, Ben? 
Uh, I think that we should talk about the Yankees letter first um, because, well, because I don't know. It's, I don't know how to feel about this because, you know, according to Jeff uh, Passan, he called it a big nothing burger. I don't know exactly how I feel about that, uh, kind of throwing it off to the side. So essentially, you know, if you're out of the loop on this conversation, uh, what was found is that the Yankees were a part of a sign stealing um, uh, little scandal, I guess is what you'd call it. Uh, They had people who were watching uh, what the pitcher or sorry, what the catcher was calling from a room inside the dugout, obviously obscured from camera view. And then they were relaying those signs to a uh, somebody who was either in center field at some point, which that seems like that didn't happen a ton. Uh, but when they had a batter on second base, they would relay the signs to that person so that he can the, then relay them to the hitter. Um, and the Yankees seem to have a, a long history of this. There was also uh, a report um, about a Yankees uh, hitting assistant being, uh, it was in the 2010-2011 season, being behind home plate and relaying signs uh, through a camera or there, there, it's kind of a little fuzzy. There's, we don't have all the information, but all that being said, I think, I don't think this is something to just sweep under the table. And I don't think that this is something that is just Yankees, Red Sox, Astros related. I, I think that this is something that the MLB needs to take seriously. And I, I think the MLB can be critical of this. This is not a Manford problem. This is a historic MLB problem. They just sweep stuff like this under the rug rather than making real changes. And I think, especially with betting become a bigger and bigger part of the game, they, they need to lock this shit down. And I find it, I, I, I am angered by how trivial it has become. And I don't blame the players. The players are going to do their thing. MLB needs to take it seriously. So I, I kind of I kind of reject the nothing burgerness that Passan is saying. And I think that it, the burger is undercooked and has bad bacon on it and I don't know the bun is crappy and there's no cheese like I think this burger sucks and um the MLB should take it more seriously yeah definitely a shitty burger uh going on here um yeah I agree I I was pretty surprised that this is being at least from a uh you know lame stream media standpoint it's being uh just put under the rug. Um, uh, my guess is that there is some concern about reopening a, a pretty damaging wound for baseball. You know, it's sure. a very, a very big controversy, uh, with the Astros. It's, I mean, still we are seeing that. I mean, it's still a constant conversation about the Astros cheating. Right. right. And I'm well, guessing, and, and because this is less, Less they, dramatic, they, you know, and I think that's a great point is that the Astros did go a step further than what we're talking about. That that I is would argue considerably for considerably yeah. further, but still that it is still like I, I also kind of reject what, uh, you know, in the same way that you are that like, well, this is less cheating. So let's just ignore it because we got the real bad cheating, you know, that that feels bad. Um, and I, I agree that it needs to be addressed. I do think it's going to be very challenging um, because clearly every team is out there trying to to do this. You know, I'm right. wondering if uh, ultimately the solution is the new uh, hats that everyone is using. You know, that's how the league is addressing it. 
they're not really going to try to stop pitch com. Not, they're not new com. hats. <laughs> it's in the hat. You can get them at it? the team store. Yeah, but it's like a little like a little indicator. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but it's in the hat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Upgraded hats. Sorry, not new hats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry to be pedantic on that. It sounded yeah, it's ridiculous okay. to me. It's all right. Um, I mean, it's not okay, but I'm going to move forward. Um, yeah. So they got these fancy new hats that Nate tell is them crying what, right now. You can't what? see it, but he is sobbing. Yeah. How dare you correct <laughs> me? Um, I think that's probably what they're hoping is that just like we're we're trying to stop it. Sign stealing has been a thing in baseball for the entire existence of there being signs, and technology is so insane at this point that like. If a team wants to do it, they're going to be able to find a way to do it. And so we'll just move towards getting rid of signs rather than yeah. trying to stop sign stealing. Um, and I, mean, I, I can I can see that, you know, but it's probably going to be a while. A lot of these guys are like, hell no, I want to look at fingers. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of people rejecting yeah. the pitch com. I'm honestly surprised, like you talked about it, the way that technology is today and the, the obviously like the financial tools that these teams have and the players have and everything like that, that the attempts have been so ham-fisted. Um, yeah. It is like well, a part guy of so hitting a freaking trash can. Yeah, yeah, the Astros one. That's part of what's so stupid about it. Right. It's like you've got, uh, you know, very uh, wealthy, very smart, very sophisticated people <laughs> hitting trash cans. To steal yes. signs. Um, uh, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Um, and, and I also think that, you know, that some people have used the the Apple watches and for whatever weird reason, Jose Altuve didn't want his jersey ripped off that one night because he what? totally wasn't wearing something. Yeah. Um, I still that that one irks me in a very particular way. But yeah. Anyways. I, yeah. OK, let's move on. Let's move on. But I, I agree. I wish there was more done about it. But I think the the uh, MLB is like, let let's just move on. Let's not open this can of worms. Of course already, they are. Yeah. We've already eaten like a hundred can cans of these worms. <laughs> please don't right. make us eat more of these worms. I say more worms, please. Mm, you are always <laughs> saying that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, speaking of um, trash. Ooh, that was a good. Uh, that was a major league segue. Thank you. Uh, we had there was a little incident going on uh, with the Yankees and the Guardians. Uh, we had uh, Miles Straw climbing a fence, screaming at some fans. Oh and yeah. Then, uh, we had trash on the field. Um, little dust up. What do you? What do you think about this? I Miles Straw has not said what the Yankees fans were saying to Stephen Kwan that pissed him off to such a degree after he yeah uh hit the hit the outfield wall there and and this is probably totally unfair but my guess is if it's something that would set off a baseball player to that degree it could have been some racist shit it was some it yeah. something something bad cuz people you know people make fun of your 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 mom and your sister and you, you play ball like a girl or i don't know people will pick everything they can but for him to react like that it not that like baseball players are known for being a level headed, reasonable, like chill bunch. You know, there's obviously some lunatics, Yadier Molina, Nolan Arenado, um, that play <laughs> the game. So I, I don't know that, that 
if that is the case, which by the way, I'm totally making up, I've not read that, but I'm just guessing and putting context clues together, together then it, it's bad. Um, th- that being said, throwing trash at a player, uh, the only time I can remember trash being thrown on the field was the uh, wild card playoff. The Braves the, and the Cardinals. Braves. Yeah. And that was directed, if you remember, that was probably one of the worst calls anyone could remember, even though it went in the Cardinals way, the infield fly rule. Uh, that was not in the infield or even close to it, um, which will never make I don't know. sense. I remember it being a perfect call. That was exactly the right <laughs> thing to do. So at least Weird. the at least the Braves fans were throwing it at the umpires, which I get 100%. We're going to talk about another umpire that deserves trash to be thrown at him. <laughs> um, but my God, what like what is what is going through your head when you're picking up a beer bottle or a beer can or whatever the hell you have and throwing it onto the field at a player? That is just like. And, and, you know, I I mean, sad, pathetic, shitty. You suck. Miles Straw should have been like, hey, I'm walking here. (laughs) Did you like that? That was, yeah. You liked it. (laughs) The New York York fans would have said, oh, sorry. Sorry, guy. He's just walking here. Yeah. Um, He's one of us. Uh Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it was bad decisions on both sides. Um, you know, we don't know what was said, uh, but I, I still think that Miles Straw probably should have just uh, not climbed the fence and started screaming at fans. Yeah, no, uh, you, you put your head down and run back in. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and also the fans should not have said, obviously, whatever they said. And also they should not have shown, thrown trash on the field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a um, you just we haven't seen a lot of that uh, for a while now. So um, I don't really have a big takeaway from it, but it was no. quite the, uh, you know, quite the news story there for a little bit. It, it, it's like we talked about last week. You don't argue with a Cubs fan and you don't argue or try to make a point to a drunk bleacher creature out yeah. there in, in Yankees, you know, right. the Yankees outfield. You just you just step away. Yeah. Um. Well, on the flip side of that, Miguel Cabrera got his 3,000th hit. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if there's too much to talk about here other than Miggy. You know, I, I always kind of tie Miggy and Pujols together um, in the sense that we got to watch, you know, especially for folks in our general age range, we got to watch two of the best right-handed hitters of all time playing essentially yep. at the same time. Um, yeah. Miggy obviously being a slightly younger than Albert, I think a year or two. Um, but basically breaking into the league at the same time, both being in the National League uh, for the beginnings of their career, moving to the AL. Um, and I think where, you know, Albert has this, you know, obviously we call him the machine and he has this robotic like approach and he has some of the best seasons by a right handed hitter ever. Um, the thing the Miggy's got like a magic to him where. It's just it, at, like any player who talks about him is just like, I've never seen anybody do it quite like Miggy. And it is kind of the the will that he imposes on the ball where he can slap it out to all fields with power um, or he, he can kind of do whatever he wants. And I don't know if I've ever heard more stories about one single player setting up pitchers like yeah. uh, like purposely swinging at bad pitches out of the zone getting to two strikes because they would pitch him around, pitch around him in a normal situation. And then they try to get him out and he crushes a ball that he set them up for. 
And there is story after story after story about Miggy like that. Um, True mastery. Yes. And and he also just a fun dude. Everyone loves him. You know, just just uh, what a great guy for the game and what a huge milestone. Uh, You know, he should just we shouldn't have to deal with the five year wait or even voting. He should just step off the field and ride into the Hall of Fame. Um, You know, yeah, one one of the best of all time. Uh, And, you know, they're doing all this fun stuff with like he's so humble too. you know, with Torkelson now in uh, coming up in Detroit, like he gave his glove to Torkelson Mm -hmm. and he's like, bat me wherever coach. I don't care. You know, he's hitting down in the lineup. He's doing, you know, despite being one of the best of all time, he is, uh, you know, still a, a great teammate and not letting any of his ego or whatever get in the way, which you don't see from everyone and yeah. the type in the shoes as big as his. So, uh, yeah, it was great to see. Um, you know, so congrats, Miguel Cabrera. You're getting the talking about birds bump. I know you've been <laughs> waiting for it. Your checks in the mail. The 33rd player to hit, have 3000 hits. So yeah. amazing. Um, so I know, you you mentioned it before, but I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll kick it over to you to talk about your um, your favorite person, yeah, uh, a particular umpire. I'll I'll just read what I wrote in the in the outline here. Angel Hernandez and should umps be punished for sucking ass? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the question I posed, and I don't think we need to get into the event. If you haven't watched what happened in Kyle Schwarber's explosion, rightfully so. Go go look for that because it's extremely entertaining, and I'm, I'm sure John Boy has an entertaining bright breakdown of that. But uh, I think it's a more important question to ask: is should like how why why is he allowed to be so bad and have no repercussions? The MLB doesn't say anything um, when both teams. I, I mean, you just watch in, any at bat in the game. And the strike zone kept moving. It was up, down, uh, way too much. It was left, right, way too much. It was inconsistent. Um, and, and this is just anecdotally, you know, watching some of that game, it was, uh, it seemed to get bigger when there were two strikes. So he was just ringing people up. I mean, Eric Lauer, who is a good pitcher and, and he's gotten better and his velo is up and he's doing good things, had 13 strikeouts on a pretty good offense. And, and that's not for my money. Lauer wasn't being surgical. He was just abusing what Angel Hernandez was doing. Well, I think it's kind of like the sign stealing thing. I I think it's still going to be a little while, but I I think the league is moving towards robot uh, strike zones. Yeah. Um, And there's a lot of different opinions out there on it. Uh, Personally, I am for it. And it is because of things like this. I mean, it is, there is human error in umpiring and, and I know that, uh, human error is a perceived like positive element of the game. Uh, to me, the human error should be whether you made the play, hit the ball, et cetera, not whether the rules keeper of the game managed to keep the rules appropriately. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm I also, think- uh, you know, I, that's why I think robot, the uh, the electronic strike zone is the solution it's because it's so hard to do what they do like being a calling balls and strikes like that is a, incredibly difficult and for the most part they're really good at it you know most umpires have very high uh accuracy 
uh, in this situation. But when it's bad, it's so glaringly bad and so game altering, like we saw with that, that it makes it makes me wonder why do we do it when we have the technology to to solve it, uh, and whether they should be punished. I, I assume there's some sort of internal uh, thing. You know, umpires do end up out of the league, and you don't really find out that they were like fired or whatever, but I assume there's, there is some quality control. I do believe they have their own internal metrics that you're supposed to hit, but um, yeah, yeah. It, it stands out to me that it, this is a solvable problem at this point. I, I would like some type of system of like accuracy, low accuracy bumps you down a league. You go to AAA and, and they bring up somebody with high accuracy and it just is kind of this floating thing. And and if you're having a good month or whatever, you're up in the bigs. And if you're not, you're going down. I, I just yeah. think it should be a little more fluid and a little more dynamic than that. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm somebody who's not super pro of uh, the strike zone uh, being automated because I love watching catchers and it's going to make the art of catching it completely irrelevant. And I think they're just going to put big lugs back there that can swing the ball really hard. And they're basically just going to be DHs who can throw a little bit. So I, I, for one, am not looking forward to the death of the Yadier Molina, Ivan Herrera's uh, catcher. That's, you're so, a little overstating it to say that. I don't that, think I am. You know. I am not being hyperbolic. I think that is going to really take away a lot of the fun that is uh, that we get to watch in, on catchers. Um, but, you know, we'll, we shall see. Uh, obviously, they'll still have to call a game and they'll still have to squat and block balls. So there will be some to it. But I think it is going to dramatically reduce the value and what makes that position interesting. Um, but, you know, more games like uh, what happened with Angel and uh, that, that speeds up the conversation. It's pretty hard to argue against that crap. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, pitch framing is interesting. Um, and obviously there are guys that are remarkable at it, like Yachty. And there are guys that are not. Uh, and it is a part of the game. I guess like to me... The death of the catcher, Nate. <laughs> that's a, again, a little hyperbolic. I think that there's still a lot of value in um, all of the other things that catchers do. Um, but it is just funny to me that there's like an entire skill around tricking uh, the umpire, you know. Um, and so if we're if we accept that it's tricking the umpire is a valuable part of the game, then I think you also have to accept that like the umpire is going to be more likely to make mistakes. So where where is the uh, you know what balance are we looking for here? I, I don't know. I I personally like the idea of the AR kind of like somebody, you know, they have like goggles or, or some type of apparatus that gives them a visual representation of the box so that then they can make, you know, if Max Scherzer is peppering the corner uh, with sliders then they can give them a little bit um, if, if the situation calls for it. But I also like, that's just my opinion. I totally understand how other people find yeah. that to be ridiculous, but I, I, I like that aspect of baseball. That'd be cool. Uh, AR and it's like introduction into major league sports, I think is a fascinating uh, thing that we haven't even begun yeah, think, to think if, if they put on goggles or Google glasses or whatever the hell, and there was a, you know, like a three dimensional cube that yeah. they could then, you know, wa obviously watching and, and that cube is stationary. And then they're dictating if, if, you know, maybe some umps want the whole ball to go through the cube, maybe some umps want it to kiss the cube or, or whatever. Like, I think that'd be interesting. Mm. And, and we could also have, you kiss know, the cube, if, baby. If that AR cube is available to fans, we could, uh, have a bit more of a, like a yeah. kind of how tennis has it, you know, I, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Make it where flames come out of the 
ball if it's going over 100 miles per hour. That would be good. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the? We've got one last thing here on our on our list. Um, why don't you go ahead and talk about this one? Yeah, I, not too much to talk about. I think it's big baseball news, and especially if you live in the Midwest. Uh, but Dave Stewart is uh, he's the head of the uh, PA um, is leading a group of investors in a bid that's two billion dollars uh, for the Nashville Stars. That seems like the team name that they have landed on for the Nashville expansion team. Uh, I think, you know, we would all expect another team to uh, be a part of that expansion. Two teams makes more sense, uh, even out the schedules and everything like that. But I think that's very exciting. I think that's very exciting for Midwest baseball fans. Um, You know, obviously, we don't know what division they would be in, but you would think a Nashville team would be in the same division as the Cardinals, especially as they're trying to reduce travel. Um, And Nashville is a good place to be. You know, I, I, uh, I think it's become like the bachelorette party capital of America out of nowhere, but there's uh there's good food, there's good drinks, there's good music. And heck, if you could go down there and watch a baseball game, watch the cards versus the stars that I'm into that. that. So I, I hope that happens. I drove through Memphis uh, this week and saw the Redbirds park. That was fun. Did you uh, we were... wave to uh, Nolan? Climbed the fence, got in there, <laughs> shot, <laughs> shot by a train. Got, got shot. We hung out. Yeah. We're best yeah, the friends. Left side of your body has been droopy today. <laughs> the I should get that looked at. You should. But I did get to high five Nolan Gorman and my <laughs> Gormania did not. Uh, it, it only it flared. It caused a flare up. Yeah, I believe you. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for uh, the um, business portion of the episode. I don't know why I always call it that, but I think it's funny. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to go into our last segment here. We're going to play a little game. So, Ben, 2008 was a difficult year. Okay. Cyclone Nargis killed nearly 140,000 people in Myanmar. The Lehman oh, wow. Brothers went bankrupt following the uh, bub- the burst of the subprime mortgage bubble, spiraling the global economy into a recession, and the St. Louis Cardinals finished in fourth place. Wow. Despite a positive run differential and an 86-76 and 76 record, this was an ultimately forgettable Cardinals season. But just how forgettable were they? Just how forgettable uh, were these oh, St. Goodness. Louis Cardinals? We'll find out in a new game called... Who charted? Who charted? Ha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's how this is going to work. I want to see how well you remember pretty much just the existence of the 2008 St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this feels like a black hole in my memory of (laughs) Cardinal teams. Uh, 2009, you know, was uh, when things started picking back up again. And sure. uh, so, I uh, I have in front of me two different lists. We're going to do one at a time. Uh, I have the leaders in plate appearances, okay, and leaders in uh, innings pitched. We're going to start okay. with plate appearances. I have the top ten. You have to give me uh, as many of the top ten as you can get. Uh, for everyone you get wrong, you'll get this. You're out! Okay. 
familiar friend. He's back. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, three outs and you're out because, you know, baseball. Uh, and if you get one right, you'll hear this. Much better. I like, that sounds yeah. natural to me. That's what I'm used to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So three outs and you're out. Uh, and then we'll do the same for innings pitched. Okay. So I, I've got the top 10 list here in front of me. Yeah. I think I got uh, two easy ones off top of the okay. head. Uh, Albert Pujols. Yeah. I'll uh, throw it. Yadier Molina. Yep. We'll just keep this. They're still cheering for you. All right. cheering for me. You've got, All right. uh, you got number one, yep. Albert Pujols in 641 plate appearances. And you got number four, Yadier Molina, yeah. 485 plate appearances. Okay. So memories. Um, actually, I just realized I have this sorted wrong. He was number uh, five. Dumbass. Sorry. Okay. Number five. I'm actually surprised to hear that. He may have been injured a little bit that year. I think that was the year that his arm like bent backwards or something. Okay. But <laughs> if I remember correctly, the MV3 was broken up. Uh, so there's no Scotty Roro on that team, but I believe Jim Edmonds was still there. And I'm going to say that he was healthy enough to be in that top 10 of plate appearances. You're really? Jim Edmonds was no longer on the team in 2008. Really? I'm very surprised to hear that. Well, I know Scotty's gone at that point. I already hit. Yeah. Okay. So who was playing third? Oh my God. Was that, that wasn't the Abraham Nunez year. Was it? No, I think that was before that. That's, that's not an official guess. Um, let me think. I, let's see. Was Chris Duncan, uh, was he a big Cardinal boy that year? Is this a guess? That is a guess. Chris Duncan. You're wow. Okay. This is not going well. This is top 10. Top 10. So I got the first baseman. <laughs> I got the catcher. Uh, Ryan Ludwig. Was he the right fielder that whole year? There we go. Okay, back in. Back in the flow. You've got Ryan Ludwig. Uh, he had 617 plate appearances. There you go. That was his big year, right? Or am I getting that confused? That is correct. Yeah. He had 37 home runs this year, too. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I was such a big Ludwig fan. And then they. Tra- I remember the day they traded them. I was, I was very sad. Um, yeah. My girlfriend told me at the time, and I, I wept. Um, <laughs> okay. So that gives me a little more context. Ryan Ludwig. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're hey, right. This, this team is, yeah. Um, we have a, I, I do have to make a correction here. Uh, I did have my list sorted wrong. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Duncan came in at number 10. There we go. So I will give you, you're strikes. at one, you're, you're at one, now. one strike. Okay. Yeah. One out. Than, yeah, one out. There we go. Um, okay. So I'm trying to think of who was our second baseman in that time period. And my guess is that it was multiple people. Um, I know Tony yeah, Womack wasn't there anymore. a lot of the anymore. big ones. This yeah. is where it's it's getting more challenging. I know. I'm really trying to. I know it wasn't Scott Spezio. That was a year prior. Was David Eckstein still there playing shortstop? I'm going to say he was. Um, David David Eckstein was the shortstop. You're out, man. 
Is he gone? Uh, I believe so. Wow. Okay. Well, that's not good. Um, You've got one guess left. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I think I just thought of something. <laughs> Rick Ankeel, center fielder. Rick Ankeel coming yeah. in. Uh, number six with 483 plate appearances. Okay. So you have Three. gotten one, three, five, six, and ten. One, three, five, six, and ten. Okay. Who the heck was number two? I like cannot for the light. Oh, wait. I think I just had a, a brain wrinkle or my brain unflattened for a second. Um, was that the year that Troy Gloss was balling for the Cardinals? Was he the third baseman? Yes. That's the Troy Gloss year. Yeah. He, yes. uh, he had 637 plate appearances, uh, 27 home runs, 99 RBI. So a good year from Troy Gloss. Yeah, that's very solid. Um, I don't think Reggie was still in the outfield at this point, And I really want to know who the shortstop is. I have somebody in my head, but I don't think it's right. I'm afraid I'm going to bounce myself. Um, but no other names are coming. So I'm going to go with Ryan the Riot at shortstop. Ryan Terrio. You're out! Damn it. Okay. And that'll yeah. bounce you from the inning. Right. Um, no, Terrio didn't come until... Was that uh, later? Well, he was on the 2011 roster, and I think he either signed oh, that yeah. year or the year before. No, yep. That sounds right. Yeah. All right. But Who's you did pretty well. Who's the shortstop? So I'm going to read the rest of the list and then Thank you. you'll see. Okay. So going top to bottom, Albert Pujols, Troy Gloss, Ryan Ludwig, Skip Schumacher. I'm kind of surprised you missed that one. Uh, Yachty, Rick Ankiel, Cesar is Turris. Oh, that was not in my brain at all. Aaron Miles. Oh my God. <laughs> and Adam Kennedy. Adam Kennedy. How many yeah. bats did Adam Kennedy get that year? 365 what garbage yeah wow. uh, i mean this team won 86 games just that nl central was really really good uh this year so uh but not not a uh awe inspiring lineup here no no i remember tlr being obsessed with aaron miles because he hit a couple yeah. of singles the other way <laughs> uh Pujols, gloss and ludwick uh did a lot of work and, and Yachty was, you know, in, in peak breakout offensive Yachty. So, right. Um, I, I did our, better than I thought I was going to do. So I'll take that. You got all of the big guys, except for, I would say Schumacher, but I did yeah. not, I was, I would be, I was going to be very surprised if you got any of as Torres, Kennedy or miles. Yeah. We're totally spaced on those. Yeah. All right. Now we are looking at innings pitched. Let me double check that I have this sorted the right way so I don't uh, goof you up again. I got two guesses locked and loaded because. Okay. Um, Yeah. But I don't think they were both healthy this year. So I'm going to I'm expecting a win on one and a fail on the other. Actually, no, I'm going to try to save myself. I'm going to guess Chris Carpenter was injured this year. I'm quite sure of that. And I'm going to say Adam Wainwright led the Cardinals in innings pitch that year. There so, we go. Adam Wainwright comes in number five with 132 oh. innings pitch. Okay. 
I expected a lot more. All right. So I know that I know for sure this was a very weird pitching year and this is going to be difficult. I'm going to guess Braden Looper. There we go. Converted closer. Stupid experiment. I I never liked that, but here we are. Number Um, two, 199 innings. Also, 4.88 K per nine. We're going to talk about K for nine here in a minute, but um, yeah, so he was number two. Yep. All right. Uh, Joel Pinheiro. Ben, you are, uh, you're on fire to start this. Joel Pinheiro, number four, 148.2. He had a crazy year. I believe he walked like five people that year or something. I remember that. Um, Okay. I can't remember if this guy has joined the team at this point or not, but I'm going to say Kyle Loge was on this team. There we go. That's a starting rotation. Yeah. Number one. Uh, yes. With exactly 200 innings pitched. Let's go. Uh, that was the 15 win season for Kyle Loge. Yeah. A uh, good season for him. Yeah. That was uh, like three of those guys had career years that year. Yeah. Um, all right. So you've got one, two, four, and five. Yeah. Now I know this was the time frame where the Cardinals had a pitcher. It was after Isringhausen and it was before anyone else good. And it was the old man. And I want (laughs) to say that old man's name was Ryan Franklin. Man, you are on fire. You got the pitching staff. So, uh, yeah, Ryan Franklin number six with 78.2 innings. I remember him being unbelievably frustrating to watch. That was (laughs) really burned into my brain there. He had Um, 17 saves that season. Okay. Who else was in the bullpen that year? Steve Clanton was already gone. um, Who I love. Uh, Julian Tavares was already gone. What about Ray Burger King? Was he still there? Ray, <laughs> let me see. Ray Burger King. Um, <laughs> yeah! No, he must have been gone by by that point. Yeah. Um, I met him at a in a parking lot one time, and he pulled of a up, Burger King. No, outside <laughs> of a Cardinals game, and he pulled up in an Escalade uh, nice. with like ten women in it, and it was just <laughs> him and a bunch of ladies, and he was seemed to be having an amazing time. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, and I think I was like 15. I was like, oh, hi, sir. Yeah. Um, okay. Not Ray King. Um, man. Oh, I may have tapped my well as far as <laughs> you have quite the run. Cardinals um, pitchers. I remember. Um, give me one second though. Just, maybe Supon was back that year as a swing man. Okay. You got one guess left. Okay. I'm just going to throw this out there, even though I'm pretty sure this is not true. I've already etched it off, but I I cannot think of anyone else. Uh, I'll throw out Chris Carpenter. That'll do it. He was Uh, injured that year, right? Yeah. So you got uh, one, two, four, five, six, and ended there. I missed three. Yes. Real? So, I thought I got all the starters. No. Um, Was it Woody I, Williams? <laughs> You're out! Damn, damn. 
Uh, no. So uh, in order, and I'm also going to say they're K per, per nines because this was just hilarious to me. Uh, Kyle Loge, 200 innings, 5.36. <laughs> Braden Looper, 199 innings, 4.88. Todd Wellemeyer, Wellemeyer. 191.2 innings, 6.29 K per nine. Joel Pinheiro, uh, 4.9 K per nine. What was his Adam, walk line? Do you have that? Uh, I could get it in a minute. Uh, Adam Wainwright, uh, 6.2 K per nine. Uh, Ryan Franklin, 5.83. Kyle wow. McClellan, who I thought you might get. Oh, uh, yeah. Real, uh, check out this, 7.02 K per nine, really ratcheting it up. Was Mitchell Boggs, uh, Boggs in this? No. Okay. Here's the only other one I thought you might get. Uh, Brad Thompson. This is when he was oh, in the bullpen. Oh, damn it. Sorry, yeah. Brad. Uh, he, he put up 50 innings, 8.05 uh, uh, K per nine. Real fireballer compared to the rest <laughs> of these guys. And then, uh, uh, oh, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. A 4.45 uh, K for nine. Sounds more um, accurate. Russ Springer oh, had an wow. 8.05. And then finally... Ron Valone. Don't remember Ron uh, Valone. Had a nine K for nine. Wow. So uh what a uh underwhelming pitching staff. <laughs> the top ten in, in innings pitched. Average, I if I were to do the quick math, I'd say probably averaged around a six K per nine for the entire different uh, game. Yeah, the, that's insane. Yeah, yeah 2008. So uh, so I, you know, you got about half on each, yeah. on each, which you got most of the ones I thought, I thought maybe you could pull Todd Wellemeyer, although I know I probably would not have. And then, um, Kyle McClellan and Brad Thompson also yeah. maybe, uh, but everyone yeah, else, no, you, Kyle McClellan, you I should have got, he was doing, uh, he was doing Ted Drew's commercials like crazy. I they should yeah. remember that. Well, but. he was around for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, especially for like a, a middle reliever type. Uh, damn. Yep. Well, that's this week's game. Thanks for playing Who Charted. Uh, we'll we'll be dropping that one into the rotation a little bit. Um, and I guess that will uh, call it for this week's episode of Talking About Birds. The the Cardinals are currently marching towards a ten to five victory uh, against the Mets. So we'll knock on wood and hope that. Uh, you know, hopefully that you're not cringing listening to this tomorrow or, uh, you know, whenever you're listening to the episode. Um, and we're looking for a good series against the Diamondbacks. And until uh, next week, go Cardinals. Bye, everybody. Their band's name is The Urge, and the lyric is Fight the Urge. Why? Yeah, they're classic monkeys. What? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People, People say we monkey around. around.
We're too busy Because we are monkeys. We are literally monkeys. My mom invented whiteout. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.